0: Hey, Yahanyaks, Welcome back to the Rambling Viking podcast. Hope you're having a great week. It's been PDFG and your weekend is much more the same. We're going to try and get, keep it PDFG here to launch you into your weekend with your second dose of weird this week. It's been a busy week here. We, I think I've done an episode every single day and different types of episode ranging from, you know, dose of weird to talking a lot about Kyle Rittenhouse stuff and some more serious stuff and then talking about sports and that's what I like to do here, but hope you've enjoyed it, and uh, if you uh, have any thoughts on anything that we post, remember you can always just follow the link to the website, and that's how you can get in touch with us, email, voice memo, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, all that good stuff, but today we're going to keep it light, we're going to ride the lightning a little bit. I did a thing that I'm not particularly proud of, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into that here in a minute. Uh, <clears throat> just as... Uh, Announcement for the 500th millionth time, or at least on every episode in the last four days, cookie day video is around the corner. Look, right before I recorded this, I think I put maybe the finishing touches on it. I think it might be ready to go. And it'll actually be two videos because I did one just documenting the day, give you a brief overview, and then I'm doing another that's more like a 30 for 30 and I use that term very loosely. It's just to help you give context on kind of the styling of it, and it's where I talked to uh, my mom and my aunt, who essentially founded Cookie Day. Uh, over over 30 years ago and then I talked to some of the friends and family at cookie day and asked them you know what's your favorite cookie some fun questions like that so that'll that'll be a second video or just a longer version of the video with those built in I haven't worked out all the details yet but it's going to be a couple videos on cookie day so you could figure out what the heck is that even about and if you don't know what I'm talking about uh, it's a family tradition where just be on the lookout for it. The video will explain it all. So, uh, question I want to pose, since we are in December now, is what What are your favorite Christmas traditions? I want to hear them. Send them in. Uh, I know one of mine, obviously, is Cookie Day, but then also every Christmas Eve is when our family would do our Christmas and getting kids together doing that. I like doing Dirty Santa. Decorating the tree is another kind of big one. We, we have a fake tree, but we have to put it up and then you... Put the lights on and then we decorate it. We have ornaments going back, you know, all these random handmade ones and stuff like that. And it really, the ornaments on a tree kind of tell a story of our history in a lot of ways. And I appreciate that. And I really, really like it. So, um, do you have a favorite Christmas movie? I don't know that I do. But I want to hear about any and all of them. Uh, I'll, I'll probably do some follow-ups. I don't know. We'll do some, we'll do some fun <coughs> Christmas-related stuff. And if you can't tell, I'm still dealing with this nonsense of a stopped-up nose, and it's real, real annoying. So, all right, let's jump into it, though. So today, I said I did a thing, and it wasn't today. I I recently, you know, we talked about the new Tiger King release a couple weeks ago. Season 2, if you will. And I, I read the, the episode descriptions on here live. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, it looks like it's episode 248, link in the description for that, where I go over it because I saw it coming out. And I said, I do not need to watch it. You don't need to watch it. Nobody needs to watch it. And my general sentiment was, look, they could perpetually make more and more Tiger King or Tiger shows because big cat people are crazy and they have nonsense going around them. And I read through each episode description on, ep- on um you go back to episode 248. I did for, I read through each description of every part of, um, there's five episodes on Tiger King two. And that was, I had already talked about it before then and given my predictions and they were, and then I read the episode descriptions and I was like, that's pretty much correct. And then someone mentioned to me, Oh, there's a twist you're not ready for or something like that. And I was like, let me, and when I see that it's like, okay, look, someone double crosses someone again or something like that or or the the, the crosshairs change since Joe's in jail to someone else and basically that's what happened so I sat down over the course of this week and decided begrudgingly so to watch Tiger King 2 now I know I said that I didn't need to watch it and I wasn't going to watch it and uh but I put the question out there Uh, on the podcast you know should I watch it so you don't have to 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 see if I'm right and explain it and guess what I'm exactly right and it's not worth your time really at all uh all we could talk about I mean it's here's here's your breakdown episode one this is your spoiler alert warning even though I don't think it's worth it for Tiger King 2 spoiler alerts ahead it's all about the movement that got behind Joe Exotic to get him pardoned. And so it's a bunch of, and throughout the whole series you do this, but it's all the prison interviews, phone conversations with Joe. And so that's really episode one. Episode two and three, then dive into Carol Baskin and the reopening the case to her ex, allegedly dead slash missing husband, Don. And they dive in more to his past and find out, oh, guess what? He was a sketchy dude. Yeah, no derp. I knew that because all these people are sketchy that get involved with each other, right? He's a sketchy dude, maybe did deals with sketchy people and maybe he got off by like some cartel type stuff. And it gets so loony though at one point the Don's daughters bring in a psychic investigator and they go to where they think, you know, possibly his body was dumped or he was killed at this lake. And the guy goes over and he's like, I'm going to be sick. And he goes over and throws up and it's, you know, he's throwing up because this was, this is where Don spent his last moments. And I was like, all right, anytime we start going down that Avenue, you maybe you need to take stock and say, okay, maybe we need to back up and um, unfortunately accept that, you know, not every case is going to get good closure with it. And that's, I think that's the case here. I don't think, I don't think there's ever going to be definitive evidence against Carol. I don't think there's going to be definitive evidence either way. So I think there was some sketchy stuff that went down, some questionable stuff. And there's some timeline stuff, like the night he went missing and whatnot. Apparently, Carol was hitchhiking. There's some. There's a lot of questions, but you're never going to... It's all, it, it's never going to be pieced together, right? So that's episodes two and three, and they really dive into that and all the internet sluice that and Facebook groups that form to prove Carol killed her husband and all that good stuff. All the meanwhile, in episode four, kind of shifts back to, um, it shifts back to Joe, or no, sorry, Jeff Lowe, um, taking over Joe Zoo, and and then Tim, I can't remember his name, Tim whatever, who who's the guy in Indiana who also is a, Exotic animal, big cat person, and he was going to uh, partner with Jeff Lowe to move it to Thackerville, right? Well, turns out a lot of ex-business people who, who volunteered at the zoo and Jeff Lowe's there come back and say, Jeff Lowe's a crappy human being. Yeah, who, guess what? He doesn't like to do any work or spend any of his money, so he will manipulate and con you into doing all the work and you spending all the money so he doesn't have to. Surprise! Surprise, right? Uh, oh, all the meanwhile, you're getting random interviews from James Gerritsen, the the sketchy Cartman-looking guy who loves riding jet skis. Uh, you find out, fun fact, he apparently has horrible reviews, and he's like, it's just because they didn't like me from Tiger King. And I haven't gone and looked at the reviews, but I'm like, I feel like, I don't know, maybe your customer service is garbage. But who knows? So there's that. Uh, let's see. And then, and then they tie in, So and they really kind of focus on Tim. Well, they focus on Tim and Jeff's relationship. It falls apart. Tim is an explosive, uh, I don't even know what to call him. But he he basically, and this is almost what he says. He's like, it's my property. I own these animals. You're not going to tell me what to do on my property with my property. It's like, well, that's yes, but there are limits, right? Like, you can say your children are your property, so you can do whatever. No, you can't. There are laws to protect the children, the animals, um, prevent crazy people from just being psychotic. Because otherwise, guess what? You could do, you could run a brothel out of your house and it's on my house, my property. Couldn't tell me what to do, right? Sorry, man. That's not just... Yeah, so he gets wild, right? And they, and basically, they start coming after him because it turns out, oh, he mistreats his animals. Wow. Because none of these people should own these animals. That's really what I'm learning. Like, these exotic zoo places, they don't really need. I'm actually finding myself landing more in the camp of PETA in terms of just saying, break them up. Get rid of them. Because these people who just own these animals because they love the animals and then also make some money. But I don't know. I just look at these animals. I'm like, these animals are basically in jail. And I get, like, they probably couldn't just be released back into the wild because you have to do that smartly. But, I don't know, in a general sense, like, I'm I'm okay with zoos. But this is not, okay. like, these private individuals owning these. And fun fact, Doc ba- Bhagavan, old sex cult Tiger King, he's, he's in this for about five seconds. They show one tiny clip of him. And then I imagine he was like, yeah, I'm not going to be a part of this show because everyone's going to prison in this show, basically. So... Uh, oh, I forgot to say spoiler alert. But like I said, you don't need to watch it. So I'm spoiling all of this for you, right? So they go after Tim and you know Tim ends up kind of losing everything. He goes on the run. He freaks out. And it makes sense because he's, he's a crazy big cat person. Uh, nothing was unexpected that I saw from him. And then the twist is really the crosshairs turn finally back on Jeff Lowe. And basically what it becomes is you have Garretson, aka Cartman, Alan Glover. I'm I'm upset I know all of these guys' names so well. Um Alan Glover, which was the supposed hitman and Jeff Lowe's right hand man at the time, they decide to come out. But basically you have you have a recanting of testimony saying that they perjured, basically perjuring themselves, saying that they committed perjury. Um and and basically everyone is saying. Uh, the story has now changed from they help coordinate Joe, you know, trying to set up a hit on Carol. So then he gets arrested for murder or hire and Joe's a crazy one and say, actually, Jeff Lowe kind of really helped get everything in place so that murder for hire could be so, so that he could get Joe out of the picture, which I don't, I don't know. I don't really care if that's like, yeah, sure. Um, because Joe was crazy enough in his own right that it's like, I don't know, it got to a point with all the crazy clips, I'm just like, I mean, it's hard at some point when someone is constantly, that's all they're talking about and that's all their little TV show is about, then yeah. But uh, they they turn it on its head and everyone recants and changes, signs all these affidavits, and it says that Jeff Lowe actually intended to kill Joe, and then after meeting with federal agents and they and they talked about it, and so really now they're trying to get Joe a new trial and they're trying to basically get take down jeff because uh why not which i'm fine with because i think jeff lowe might be the slimiest of them all him and carol uh don't like her and don't like any of these people really i'm fine if they all got put in prison because i'm sure they've all done illegal stuff at least at least take them take take them out of like be like no no exotic animals for you period go do something else you know you know what i want though I want Jeff Lowe out of Oklahoma. I'm tired of this nonsense happening in Oklahoma. Like, it was funny at first. Like, of course, Tiger King happened in Oklahoma. Now it's like, actually, you're a detriment to, detriment to society at large. I like, go. You're a slimy, sneaky, conniving person, swinging person who just, you're, he's a misogynist, a raging misogynist. Um, Him and his wife, awkwardly. So, yeah, Tiger King too. And that's, Basically, where it ends up is now they're all going after Joe Exotic's lawyers. Got these affidavits from everybody, and everybody's turned on Jeff. And of course, you know Jeff just says what anyone in that situation would say: is Oh, you know, they all make decisions, and they want to try and blame somebody else for their bad decisions. And, and it's like, man, uh, it's like you're just as you're just as guilty. So, Tiger King two definitely not worth the watch and uh, i mean you can go watch it if you want to see if i was right but that's that's it in a nutshell is it just more unraveling more crazy nonsense and basically everyone looking back a bunch of people looking back and deciding that oh you know i don't know maybe maybe this actually happened and it was like okay so now all these lying conniving you know only want to save themselves type people and that's what Jeff That's what Jeff Lowe actually got to, is he was like, I want to save my own skin. And so now he's working with Joe, I think, to get Joe out. That's kind of where it ended up in, in a weird way. He, like, turned over a bunch of recordings. Well, because his angle was the FBI helped them, like, gave them, told them exactly how to, to make it look like a murder for hire. And then Alan Glover, though, was saying that it was actually supposed to be on Joe – and so now it's this convoluted mess. But Joe and Jeff are now working together because these all these people are crazy. Yeah. So that's where that stands. But uh, we're going to move on because I think I think I've I've even spent way too much time on that. So all right, uh, time to move on to some serious questions. Right? What is the statute of limitations for keeping a gift you don't want out of courtesy? Right? So basically saying you get a gift and you don't want it, but it's one of those where it's like, you can't really get rid of it right away. You know, it's maybe it's a sweater, some shoe, I don't know, or maybe it's a trinket and you're just like, I absolutely don't want this, but like, I'll hang on to it for a little bit out of courtesy. Honest question. How, what's the statute of limitations? Like when, when does the courtesy run out? When at that point are you free and clear? And if they get mad, it's them being... I'm not vindictive, but that it's totally on them. Like you should not feel bad for get, getting rid of it, right? Is it a month? Is it is it three months? I kind of like the ninety days. It even though it feels a little bit too long, but that's enough time for you can get it, you can check it out. They can be happy. Everyone can be happy. You can, and then you'll you'll kind of three months is a season. So you'll be moving into the next season. Uh, you know, probably spring, since this most gifts are around Christmas and whatnot. And then you can say, all right, I'm going to go and you know, I'm going to re-gift it, or I'm going to return it, or I'm going to take it back. I don't know. I mean, my general philosophy is like, look, if I go and get you a gift, I'm probably going to get you a gift receipt just in case I screwed up. And you will not hurt my feelings if if I say I get this, and you're like, actually, it was you know, it's one model off, or oh, you know what, actually, this is really what I was going for. Because gift giving is hard. And people gets take gets taken personally because people, I mean, because we all want we all want to be appreciated. We want to feel like we did a good job, right? But sometimes the truth is, suck at giving gifts, and you try and give a gift, and it sucks, and so or it's just just off from the thing that you want. And I would rather you be able to take my faulty gift and get the exact gift you want because my whole goal was to get you what you wanted and I, and I shouldn't take that personally because it's not a knock on me personally it's an honest mistake all around right so we shouldn't get upset at that but our natural inclination is to always feel a little bit hurt and whatnot and so you have to just remind yourself like look I get you something and it's not quite right or um, I'm gonna get you something and you're not gonna use it like it's not the end of the world to me if if you don't if you look at it and you're like oh man this is cool or 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 maybe you thought you wanted this and then you find out a little bit down the road you didn't. You don't hurt my feelings. Because at the time, I got you what you wanted and you wanted it. And But then, you know, you live and you learn. Sometimes you realize, ah, you know, I actually really don't need this or this wasn't necessary. And so maybe you give it to someone who can't appreciate it, will use it, or you sell it to get some money, get something now you even want. And guess what? My gift is still giving to you at that point. If you sell my gift and go and get something else, it is giving. It is, it is giving to you. Now, there are certain situations where it's like if i'm giving you a gift for a perfect purpose and you just sell it because you just want some cash i don't know about that but the real question is here what's the statute of limitations 90 days 60 days a week i don't know to me ideally if it, if it was if it, if it if it was someone who shared my mindset i'm saying like i mean really you're talking maybe a week but considering that everyone thinks and operates a little differently and um Because here's the other thing, once you've given a gift, it is that person's to do with what they will, all right, like they, it is yours, there shouldn't be any, oh, I gave that gift to you, you don't appreciate it, so you did this, right, you know what's not appreciating is, or or a wasted gift is a gift that I give to you, you don't want, but you are worried that you can't get rid of it, because I'll be upset, and so it, you stow it away somewhere, and it sits and it rots, that's a wasted gift, I'd rather I'd rather be made use of. So, but that's the other thing is that I think we oftentimes forget is like you give a gift, and for the most part, there are exceptions. I give you gifts that is now yours to do with whatever you whatever you want. Like you can do with it, whatever, and I shouldn't be able to say anything. Now there are certain strings attached and not strings, but there are certain, I would say stipulations with certain gifts. But the big question at large is what is the statute of limitations? And I don't know. I don't know. That's where I need your help. I'm thinking, I'm thinking if we take everything into consideration, all parties, I feel like 60 days, like two months. I mean, a lot of warranties are 90 days. So maybe that, but cause I feel like after that point, ugh, we should be we should be free and clear, right? If I did use it, I got some use out of it, but now, for whatever reason, I can't get any use out of it. Not to, that's a good reason, but I don't know. What's the statute of limitations? Ideally for me, look, if I give you a gift and instantly you're like, actually, this isn't quite what I wanted, let's figure something out and get you what you wanted because that was the point of trying to get you the gift, right? And that's why I gift cards. Also, some people don't like gift cards and they're like, gift cards, it's so lazy. And I was like, actually, it's more of it's tiring, it can be tiring for everybody to get a bunch of gifts that they don't want or don't need. Like, I went to Home Depot and got you this, Nick, this one's for you. This clamp or <laughs> this thing and you're like, "I actually already have one of those and I didn't need another one of them." So now I have to take this back and get the credit and I can go on. or you can say, "Look, I know you like this place, but I don't know exactly what you like or exactly what you need from that place." So, let's get you a gift card to that place. Now, sometimes it can be it's last minute. You're like, ah, let's just get him a gift card, right? But I'll tell you one thing. One thing that I do appreciate, and that is always a good gift to me, is food gift cards. Shoot, you give me, you give me a gift card to a place I'd like to eat, Qdoba, Chick-fil-A, wherever. And you're like, hey, here's a gift card to that place. That is awesome. Feeding is one of the best gifts. And I don't think it's lazy. And uh, it maybe doesn't seem as thoughtful, but... Because it's so easy, it's so it's kind of like a low bar, low barrier entry. Like, ah, you, you just go give them cash, and then boom, you have now have cash to this specific place. And so it can seem kind of dry, kind of not thought out very well. But I mean, look. Also, does every gift have to have an extreme, extraordinary grant like amount of thought and grandeur and like put into it and and it's, be elaborate? No. Some don't. You always know keep it simple, stu- stupid. Just kiss it. Um, just give it, like, if you know I love Reese's and you get me a bucket full of Reese's as a gift. Some might say, wow, you just went and said, I know he likes Reese's. Give me all the Reese's and put them in a bucket and gave them to me. You didn't put very much thought into this. You didn't need to put very much thought into that. Because I love Reese's and you gave me a five-gallon bucket full of Reese's. I am stoked all right now i gotta figure out how to keep these cool so they don't get all melty but guess what i don't have to buy reese's for like six months or two weeks depending on how quickly i eat them (laughs) but you see what i'm saying and it's and but it's tricky though it's tricky because you know what is thoughtful because some people don't even like getting things they like more getting a sentiment like a handmade card or something like that so gift giving is tricky and it's it's always kind of a sensitive subject. And that's why sometimes I'm just like, Look, let's not let's not overthink and get overly sensitive about this. Like you try and get me something, or if there's something specific. I mean, some some people are like, tell me, just send me an Amazon list, tell me exactly what you want, and I will go get it. And it's like, Well, there's no surprise in that. And it's like, but you're getting exactly what you wanted, and there's a surefire way. So I mean, every method has its pros and cons, but uh, I don't know. I just I've tried to learn to be more like it's not so much about the gift all the time. It's that you're doing an exchange. Someone's giving you something, you're giving them something, and it's really about like the sentiment. It's you know they always say it's the thought that counts. Time for me to get super cliche and Hallmarky. It's the thought that counts. It's about the sentiment, and, uh, but also I like to be accurate, right? Because it's a, it's a pain on everybody if I. If I went and I tried and I got something just off, and now you get something just off, and then it's an awkward moment. So to I don't know. I think people rag on gift cards a little too much. Now if it's just like a fifty dollar Visa gift card that can go anywhere, I don't know. On one hand, it's nice. Cash is easy to deal with because you're like, I can go use this on what I want. But here, but then at the same time, it's like you don't necessarily. I don't know. It kind of feels cruddy if I give you some cash and that's just gas money. But if that's really what you needed, I mean, seeing that, that's where we start to get into territory. I'm like, ah, maybe, maybe there could have been something more through that, something personalized. Now, if it's like, look, uh, I don't, you know, if if you were completely disconnected and you're like, look, here's 50 bucks. And the person says, sweet, I'm going to go get something that I wouldn't buy with my normal money, you know, gift money. That's, that's kind of how I break it down sometimes, usually, if I get cash. It's like, this is gift money. So this is money to splurge with. This is money to, if there was something that I wanted or something comes up that I wanted, then I'm going to go get. And then you can rest assured that that gift money that you gave me is actually serving its purpose. It's it's kind of like Papa Murphy's in the sense of you don't go and get you get, you get the pre-made unbaked pizza and then you go home and have to bake it. Like, I have to go home and bake this gift. Meaning, like, you give me the means... You give me the pizza, right? You give me the means to go get the gift that I want. You know, I just, you know, you give me the the, the pizza raw and I just have to bake it, Um, but it keeps it fresher and I can bake it my way. And so it's like, look, that's, that's a legitimate way to me. That's a legitimate way. So yeah, what's your, what are your thoughts around gift giving? I mean, this is just expanded now, right? It started with the statute of limitations and on, on unnecessary gifts, which to me, if I get you something unnecessary, I don't want it to be unnecessary. Like give it away, sell it, get regifted. I don't care um i tried it sucks but it's not your fault it's my fault for, for 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 messing that up right unless you told me you wanted this and then you played me then different conversation right so um, yeah, that's, uh, opens up a whole litany of questions And you know, what's your, what's your method of gift giving? What kind of gifts do you like to get anything and everything around gifts? Really? Uh, send in voice memos. Let me know your thoughts, uh, specifically on a statute of limitations. First and foremost, a uh, secondary question to this is how long do people keep cards, um, for, for, I mean, do you, or do you keep them at all for any periods? You know, so you get, you get a card and it has the gift card, has the cash, has a note, whatever. And it's like, you read the card. It's funny. I read the note in it. To me, the experience then has passed. I've experienced this card. You've you experienced me experiencing the card. We've experienced it together. And so now this card can go in the trash. Now I understand, though, that that's necessarily not what people want to see. I always feel weird throwing cards in the trash. But just because I, I don't want people to be like, he's throwing my card in the trash. It's like To me, if I give you a card, once again, this is me, right? And I maybe operate a little bit differently. But I, I give you a card, you laugh at it. Uh, you get you get the cash or whatever the gift card is in it, and then and you're like, hey, thanks, man. Boom, that card has served its purpose. It does not need to sit on your mantle. It does not need to be there now. However, though, there's no reason that it couldn't like that. If you want to put it up there and you want to you like to see that as a reminder because it was a really good card, then absolutely put it up there, but you will not hurt my feelings because the experience of the card has been experienced. So to me, and, and I just never knew what to do. Like, where do I put cards? Like I'm going to sit this up there, you know, put this up in a place and stand up like, Oh, that was my birthday card this year. And maybe I keep it for a year or until I get the next one and can replace it. If I had a card place, a place to put my cards, I would, but I don't, I never knew what to do with them, but I didn't, I knew immediately, you know, you didn't always want to throw them away. Now, I mean, And this is assuming it's not like something super special, super sentimental, you know, like the last card your grandma got you before she died, something like that. That's different, right? This is just same old, same old, just a generic happy birthday card or whatever, Merry Merry Christmas. And you're like, cool. And maybe has a little funny joke. Uh, I'd say one thing that I actually do like and would like to start doing with somebody is my dad and my grandpa passed the same, I think, birthday card, back and forth for like 6 years in a row. I don't know, actually, I don't know how many years. So they literally they got, they got this card and then they, went, they would sign it, give it, and the other person would hold on to it for a year. They would mark through um, the signature, the the other person's signature. They would sign it and they and they literally did that for years and it's and I, and I thought that was awesome. It was hilarious. Because it's kind of like one of those jokes where it's like, okay, the first time it's funny, second time it's funny, but then you get to do it like third, fourth, or fifth time and you're like, look, there's really no point in doing this. It's still funny, but at this point, we're just doing it because it's like, we've gotten this far. We might as well keep the joke going, right? And so we're just going to keep it rolling like, well, let's just see how far we can go with this thing. And that's that's what they did. So I'm all for that because then guess what? You're 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 not having to throw away a bunch of cards. You're not having to buy a bunch of cards. You're saving money. You're saving trees and you get a good chuckle out of it. So if anybody wants to do card exchange yearly starting this year, uh, my birthday is coming up Monday so you could start. We could start now. And, uh, then I could, I could throw it right back at you on your birthday and we could have a fun thing going. I would, I would love to have a multitude of those, like five different cards I get. And it's like, okay, I got to remember to send this one to this one. And then it becomes a whole game and network. You remember, you definitely remember each other's birthdays cause you got to send that card back. Right. So that's, that's to me, that, ooh, that's to me, yikes. That to me is a good reason to hang on to a card, but I don't know. What's, what's your policy? Do you keep it for a week, a day? To me, the card statute, like limitations is gotta be like three days a week at most. I'm not seeing, not even, I, I would say to me, for, for me personally, I'm thinking like as soon as I'm done reading it, we can throw this and put it in the trash pile with the paper or whatever and it can go away. Unless it's really funny or really special, we'll keep it, right? Uh, or unless it's those, then we, we're not going to keep it. So that's my thoughts. What are your thoughts though? Because uh, I don't know. Are you someone – if you're someone who likes to hold on to cards, I want to hear it. I want to hear about it. Maybe, maybe I just have a bad card set up, right? But we're talking about cards here talking about freaking cards so not playing cards but like christmas cards birthday cards anniversary cards all those cards good things homemade ones also a different stool that's its own ball game i like to hang on to those but all right now we're going to finish up with a little segment that i came across in real life because all of these most of these things i come across in real life um and i'm going to call it today in worthless inventions that have stuck around way too long and really have no merit anymore we have ketchup packets don't remember where I was, or what I was doing. I think it was maybe a food truck. And they were like, yeah, we got ketchup packets. And I don't know. I've just, I haven't used a ketchup packet in probably like two years, but I was just we like, sit down. And first of all, I had to get five. Second of all, I had to open them all and you can't, you can't get all of them out. It's literally like one to two fries worth of ketchup per packet so you have a whole thing of fries and you like dipping your fries in the ketchup you gotta get so many like i thought we were past ketchup packets until i went to this place and they're like ketchup packets are over there and i was like packets that's all you don't have the the spigot the pump you don't have or even the nice little like big ones that like they have at places uh, like chick-fil-a and stuff where it's it's like the little dip or squeeze and it's a good amount of ketchup why are we still doing this why are they still in business because the other thing is too, unless you're, if you're sitting at a table, like you have a whole mountain of empty ketchup packets that have residue on them, you're getting it all over your fingers and it's just, it's a wild mess. It's not something that's efficient to do on the go. You have to try and rip it. Sometimes you don't rip just the corner, you rip it all the way down the side. Now you flayed a whole side of this ketchup packet and its bowels just spill out everywhere and you're just like, what in the world? Why, why do we have ketchup packets around? I do not know, but... I think I think it was a good invention for its time, but in the last twenty years, we have made strides in the ketchup packet realm. To make a like water burger, take their little their little cups. It's perfect, right? Why is anyone still like we'll just make the same old ketchup packets, and 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 not just upgrade? Oh, it's more money. This is the cheapest way. It's not. It's not efficient for anybody. You're wasting your time manufacturing them. I'm wasting my time eating them or trying to eat with them. I'd I'll just eat my fries dry at this point. I'd rather dip them in my cup of water than have to deal with stupid freaking ketchup packets. Now maybe this is just me being a hanjaak about ketchup packets, but I think I think I think ketchup packets are long over. At least the traditional ones should have been retired years ago. And we should only have those upgraded ones where it's like you can either peel it to dip or you can uh, snip the tip to squeeze it out. And and, and it's like a good size. Like that's like three ketchup packets worth in one, really. And in the new ketchup containers, cause it's really what they are. But I don't know why we still – to me, sometimes it's funny. I sit back and I'm like, man, how long has this thing been, ar- been around? And it's still just going strong. But it kind of doesn't have a purpose anymore, you know? It's like, hey, you're kind of past. Like It's like a rotary phone or a landline. I mean, those are, for the most part, gone. My parents still have one. And we recently turned the ringer off because it was literally five to ten spam calls a day. All spam. Nobody calls the house phone. So we we... We essentially just muted the ringer, and it doesn't – the calls still come through, and you'll hear the answering machine click on. But we're just like, why do we still have it? You don't – You everyone – everything is cell phone nowadays. Everything. Everything is those better ketchup containers, and if you're somewhere that's still serving crappy ketchup packets, how dare you? But also, I'm looking – it's not necessarily all your fault. You know who else has some culpability in this? Freaking the manufacturers. Is it Heinz? Whoever. Fancy. Whatever. The manufacturers need to be held accountable. All right, I'm talking. Let's let's do this class action lawsuit, folks. This is what we need. This is kind of because apparently they they're just going to keep pumping these out. It's like pennies. Nobody uses freaking pennies anymore. so we lose money manufacturing pennies. Can we? We need change. Okay, and these these are the important issues that plague our time: ketchup packets and pennies. So that's that's my rant on that. Though I think that's more than enough. Let me know how you feel about ketchup packets. Do you have the same rage as my rage founded? Do you think my rage is. Or am I being a honyak? Either way, don't really care because I'm a hanyak and this is my podcast. But that does it for this dose of weird. Hopefully, it helps you kick off your weekend uh, feeling PDFG. That is pretty darn freaking good. If you're new here, don't forget to never be afraid to ride the lightning and make sure to like, share, uh, leave a review. I keep saying like, like it's a YouTube video, it's not a YouTube video. Please make sure to rate five stars. That will help us. Also, share it, share the podcast around if you enjoy it. Thank you to all of those who listened. Uh, Recently, everyone is sharing their Spotify wrapped, and I get one as a podcast creator, so I will make a little post and share that soon. Make sure to be on the lookout for the Cookie Day videos incoming. I finished at least one of them today, and I'm pretty excited. Uh, I think it came out pretty good. Um, You're going to get to see... What it takes, what Cookie Day is all about, a more in depth view. So that does it for this episode, though, the Ramley Viking Podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of the Hanyak Horde. This is your head, Hanyak, signing off. We'll see you right here next time on the Ramley Viking Podcast.